For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Before we get started, support for this podcast comes from Boost with Facebook, whose podcast, Boost My Business with David Fisher, features unique perspectives and insight from business leaders and small business owners. Hear stories and anecdotes about businesses just like yours. Gain insight on what it takes to grow a business and learn from both the mistakes and triumphs of others. Download Boost My Business wherever you get your podcasts. That's Boost My Business Podcast. Before we get started, support for this podcast comes from Boost with Facebook, whose podcast, Boost My Business with David Fisher, features unique perspectives and insight from business leaders and small business owners. Hear stories and anecdotes about businesses just like yours. Gain insight on what it takes to grow a business and learn from both the mistakes and triumphs of others. Download Boost My Business wherever you get your podcasts. That's Boost My Business Podcast. What's up, everybody? It is that time again. Welcome to Chalk Talk. Your hosts, Taylor Davis and McKenna Kelly, here to break down all things gymnastics. We have a great week of gymnastics to recap for you. The NCAA world is just on fire right now. So much good gymnastics across the landscape of NCAA. So we are going to break down all of that for you But before we do that, I want to start out, I've done this a couple episodes where I kind of asked McKenna a question and uh, get her insight on her time during the sport, because I think that's a large part of why so many of you listen. Um, So actually, earlier this week, or last week, um, an interview came out with Laurie Hernandez, and she was talking about her comeback and how to some people it's, you know, too late or it's unconventional and uh, it's worrisome to gymnastics fans a little bit. And she said that it's her story to tell. It's her story to write and to figure out, you know, how she wants to close her relationship with gymnastics. And she just doesn't feel like it's time yet. She said uh, she took some time away from the sport to find out who she is away from gymnastics and what she loves. And that time just reemphasized to her that she loves doing gymnastics. She loves the sport and she doesn't feel like she's done with it just yet. So it kind of got me thinking that that's a, a conversation and an internal battle that every gymnast probably has. And McKenna, your story was interesting because you had the opportunity to have another year at LSU after you had been injured And you opted to graduate with your class and not take that extra year. And so I just, I kind of wanted to hear it from your perspective. Obviously, some people were hoping that you would return, but you announced, uh, you know, on the Today Show, like us (laughs) normal people announce things in our lives, that you would be um, concluding your college career and graduating with your class. So I just wanted to hear kind of what that decision was like for you and and how you kind of uh, came to terms with the fact that you you were done and and you were ready to hang it up and you were at peace about that. What what all went into it? Sure. Um, You know, it it was definitely not in, well, I want to say it actually kind of was easy um, in the sense of 
I, I didn't feel like I needed another year to give me anything more. I think the sport of gymnastics um, had given me everything that I could have gotten from it. Um, I, I don't, there, there wasn't another award. There wasn't, I don't even think a national championship win that would have made me feel complete. I felt very at peace. I felt very whole um, as a gymnast and as a person too. I felt like it was time to take what I've learned from the sport um, and go out into the world and, and go from there. Um, I also, I, I was just ready to close that chapter. I mean, I'd done the sport for 20 years. Um, I did it with an incredible senior class. Um, I did it with an incredible team. And and I, I just, honestly, I didn't, I was ready for a change. I was ready for a new schedule and something new in my life. And now that I'm in that, now I'm rethinking maybe I should have just stayed in it because adulting is hard and it's terrifying. But but um, I am really glad that I did um, decide to kind of end it there. Um, it, as far as Lori, you know, it, only she can say, only she can say. And and it is interesting to me considering she did have such a good Olympics. Um, you know, what what is it that she's after? I think we all... I think we all can love things, um, but I don't know if that necessarily means we we should continue to, you know, um, put our energy into that and continue to do that. Sometimes it is best to move on. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll see what comes of this. And, and I'm happy that she was able to kind of come to terms with it herself and, um, you know, not let other people's opinions factor that for her. It sounds like she feels really confident about that. And, you know, as a gymnastics fan, I'm going to support that. And um, I'm happy for her. Yeah, I agree. Just thought it was an interesting thing because every gymnast has to ultimately have that moment where they opt to be done or, um, or it, you know, chooses it for you, if, whether it's an injury or something like that, but um, certainly something that you have to make peace with. So thought it was interesting and wanted to hear your perspective on that. Well, let's go ahead and recap some of the high-flying action from this past weekend because it certainly was that. And we are going to break a couple of those down for you. But before we do that, I want to tell you guys once again about my bookie. If you enjoy football and, you know, don't <laughs> live under a rock, you know what's coming, the Super Bowl. And if you want to make a bet on it, my bookie is where you want to be. Head over to mybookie.ag to make your predictions a reality. Whether you're choosing the winner or making a side bet with a friend, my bookie offers you the most up-to-date odds and a site that makes extra cash easy and fast. You can even visit mybookie.ag slash party to access a printable prop sheet for the big game. That makes it more fun anyway. Football is not your jam. No worries. They've got other things as well from the NBA to the Premier League. So if you join right now, my bookie is going to match your deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000. So if you deposit $2,000, you're going to get an extra $1,000 in free money to play with. All you have to do is use our promo code BLV to activate the offer. Once again, Promo code BLV to get your extra cash from my bookie. Okay, I think we should just start with the big one from this past week because there are so many words that could be used to describe that meet. And honestly, it's this case every season. So on the SEC side of things, the big one. LSU Florida. It has so much riding on it and there's so much that goes into it from the intensity and the the competition level and the skill and this year was no different. Florida ultimately won 
but both of these scores are just ridiculous. Yeah. Florida got a 198-375 and LSU a 197-775. These scores were absolutely insane. And I was asking a lot of my friends, you know, hey, did you get to watch some meat? Like, did you think that, you know, it was overscored? Or, you know, because sometimes you go to meets, especially high rivalry SEC schools like this, you're going to see overscores, especially if the judges are trying to pull for the home team, which is so messed up that you even have to go in thinking about that or worrying about that, especially when it's out of your control. Um, But I was told that, I mean, the performances were top notch. I mean, I'm sure there were some overscores in there, but I mean, we saw a 10-0 from two, well, I guess Trinity's a sophomore now, but Freshman Kaya Johnson from LSU, which honestly, she I, I want to say she's the new Sarah Finnegan. I mean, she is just mm. just as equally elegant, um, also extremely powerful. And Sarah definitely obviously had those elements to her as well as perfection. And Kaya Johnson seems to bring kind of that same stoic poise um, in her mm-hmm. gymnastics and in her performance. So, um, I mean, you saw big scores. You saw really big scores. I do think it's still extremely early in the season that both teams are scoring like this. Um, mm-hmm. I, what will I guess be able to attest to? You know how legitimate these scores were. Is um, you know how they're able to perform after this meet, and is it going to be a consistent score from here on out? Right. Absolutely. It's about maintaining it. We say it time and time again. I mean, you're working toward April, so peaking too soon could actually become problematic. But I think this was just such a showcase of the talent that's on both of these teams. But it also shows what we expected from Florida, which is a heck of a fight. They came out week one with it. They We're a little shaky against Missouri, but like we recapped last week, there were a lot of other factors, weird weather and all kinds of stuff associated with that one. And also you're on the road and and it's one of those where you kind of know you're probably going to come out with the win. The RQS hasn't started yet. So like, don't go full throttle. It actually kind of makes sense. And then LSU, they let it all out. And and you see that when you just look at the score. They also tied their highest beam score in history with a 49-6. Six, seven, five. I mean, the entire lineup was rock solid on yeah. beam. And yeah. honestly, I've been impressed with beam across NCAA gymnastics Me this too. year. I think Me so too. many teams right out the gate are just yeah. like so solid on beam. And that's usually the one that you kind of have to work your way up to. For sure. For sure. I, I think you're so right. Um, OU, they always show up with a beautiful beam team. Um, but again, I have touched on this before. Um, I'm actually getting to watch other teams this year. And so I've never seen like a complete lineup or honestly a complete meet from OU considering, you know, if, if I'm, I'm usually competing against them or like I'm at another meet while they're competing too. You know what I mean? So for me to be able to watch these lineups just from all across the board has been really, really cool. OU, I finally have been able to see a complete lineup, especially on beam. And it's stunning. I mean, their artistry is so unique and it's so, um, different. I don't know. You see, you see very, very sharp, but very elegant kind of sexy moves. And I think that's, Mm -hmm. it brings a different element to how they attack the beam. And then Missouri's beam team was amazing. Um, I I got, I got a chance to watch them and I was very, very impressed. Obviously we've talked about Helen before. She was a rock star on that event, but their entire beam lineup was very, very impressive. Um, 
actually saw on Twitter today, um, a gymnast from Air Force did a front pike mount onto the beam. And that, that was really impressive and very, wow. very a cool thing to see, especially from um, – you know, a, a program like Air Force where you don't you don't hear a lot about them and those those division two right. and division three gymnastics schools, um, it's it's hard to be able to keep up with them. There's not anything streaming and you have to keep up online. So for that to be on the internet and, and be kind of cycling through social media was really, really cool to see. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's where social media is such a benefit for the sport because we're going to get the opportunity to see things like that that yeah. otherwise we would have no clue were happening. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that the the LSU Florida meet, honestly, I'm kind of, I'm always disappointed when it's too early in the season because I'm like, there are still so many right. aspects of both of these teams that will kind of develop over the course of the season. Some some movements of people in lineups, maybe some people work into the all around. So to think that these two teams still haven't put it all together and they're scoring like this is insane. So that one certainly lived up to the hype. And I just have full expectation for Florida making a run this year. They just seem to have all the pieces. And I mean, obviously, so much of their success is going to be credited to Trinity Thomas. I mean, that girl's technique is just on another level. But... uh, Everybody needs to remember this team is full of girls who like really want to get Florida back to that national championship that they be- they became so accustomed to having. Amelia Hunley, Rachel Gowie, Alyssa Bauman, like I just give a ton of credit to the leadership on this team. It's because of them that the underclassmen are able to feel so confident in meets. Absolutely. I think when you think of those three girls, you do think of, well, first of all, the amount of experience those three bring to the table. They are all three time or not three time. They have all been on the national team together. Um, they've had that experience right. in in the elite world. They've had that experience on an elite stage with a big crowd and, and an important meet on their shoulders. So bringing that experience into college is so incredible and such an asset to the team. Um, But also their leadership style, just like you were talking about, they are truly a powerhouse of leaders. Um, And I do think it has a lot to do with how they've already set the tone with coming out of the gate so strong. I am a little worried though, um, you know, being this strong early in the season, could this be a repeat of last season? Could could they be yeah. peaking too early? Or is it just a high-scoring meet? I mean, sometimes that happens. You'll see that on on certain meets or against certain opponents. So hopefully, um, you know, they can keep this consistent wave riding into the postseason. Right. Absolutely. They will certainly be a team that I keep my eye on. And of course... So is Oklahoma. They had the Metroplex Challenge this past week with Alabama, Georgia, and Denver. Really, really solid competition, all in the top 20. Uh, but as expected, Oklahoma got the victory with a 197-525, which to anyone else is like one heck of a score. But to Oklahoma, it's like, eh, whatever. Very uh, subpar. Alabama, <laughs> yeah, right? Alabama and Denver Tied for second, I guess, uh, with a 196.575 and then Georgia 196.3. For Oklahoma, this was their third meet in eight days and they won all of them. Like, talk about just like, how do you attest to that? Obviously, to be putting that much on your body to compete in three meets within eight days and it's still early in the season, you are still building up your stamina. Like, how are they already in this condition? 
I, I don't know. And I think there will always be a big question mark from the outside looking in. O- only Oklahoma knows how tight they run their ship. But um, right. if, you, if you're looking at these scores, like a 197.525, that I think, I mean, those are scores. I, I Kathy Johnson was talking about this on the, on the last podcast we had. Um, you know, she wants us to get back to that day and age where, you know, it, it is a tight, close competition and the scores should be lower. Maybe I, I'm wondering right. and I'm curious how the judging um, was at that meet or if Oklahoma was just exhausted and hit a mid-197 because of that. Um, it would be interesting to kind of go back and look at each individual score and see how those hold up. But physically at a standpoint that, I mean, I remember we did a couple back-to-back meets. We'd have one on a Friday and then a home meet on a Sunday. And that took a toll on your body, especially if you're doing more than one event. If it's one of the harder on your body events, like Flora Vault, um, that will take a toll on you. So I cannot imagine how those girls are feeling. But um, from a coaching standpoint, that's, that's when you are able to put your depth to the to the test and, and kind of put in alternates or kind of put in other gymnasts, take other gymnasts out to rest them for more, maybe tougher competitions they're going to see soon. So I would imagine that, that they took that shift, um, in their lineups. Yeah. Even KJ Kindler kind of echoed that sentiment after the meet. She said, you can start to see the fatigue. I mean, we have competed more than anyone in the country up to this point of the season. And I think today we kind of started to see that that started weighing on them. Maggie didn't even compete on floor. And I right. I couldn't find anything that made it seem like it was anything injury related or anything. I'm sure it's not. It's just if you have the opportunity to keep some of your all arounders preserved, especially one like Maggie, then do it. Um, So it might've been something like that, but this team just has so many weapons that they can utilize. If they need to pull somebody like Maggie, they're okay. A freshman stepped up and I think got a nine, nine or something. And uh, Anastasia Webb was the big 12 gymnast of the week and she won the all around, which likely would have gone to Maggie if Maggie had competed in the all around. That just is what it is. But there are so many stellar athletes on this team for KJ Kindler to kind of work through that. It almost just gets to the point, and I was looking at their schedule earlier, it's like, um, who is going to challenge them before nationals? I I really don't know who could. Right. And and I don't know if they ever – I wonder if they do ever feel like, oh, like, guys, we really got to get our heads screwed on straight for this meet. I I really – and honestly, it should be this way where they're only thinking about themselves and their own performances. You know, you you Mm want to frame up to the competition thinking you are the best and going in. But they truly – are the best. I I can't, I'm curious to think what their, I don't know what their confidence feels like, or what do they think when they get to the national championship? Does it change? Like, do they, I don't know. I I just, it, they are just a phenomenon. And I think everyone in the gym turnout world will continue to wonder how they do what they do. Yeah. uh, It kind of relates back to what we saw this season in college football. I work in college football, so that's how my brain works. But with Clemson, everyone by the end of the season was like, okay, yes, but they haven't been tested really. So how will they perform in this national championship when it's really a true tough test? And they cracked under the pressure. And I think for Oklahoma, the further they get ahead of everyone else and and the easier that these meets seem when it comes to competition-wise, if they're winning by 
one or two whole points, then there isn't a nail biter situation. There isn't someone who yeah. has to go hit a nine eight seven five on floor to clinch a meet. That if they don't have that multiple seasons back to back, at some point something's going to happen, and I don't anticipate yeah. it's going to be this season because Maggie is just. Uh, it, a generational athlete and they have yeah. so many girls that are uh, still coming through the works, but at some point it's going to happen. And and I think that it's interesting when you look at their schedule, they do have Michigan on there. I think that could be a sneaky matchup and they have to face Denver mm-hmm. a couple times and Denver. Mm-hmm. I, I have a lot of respect for where they are right now. I mean, they tied yeah. with Alabama and Alabama, regardless of their inconsistency, they have good gymnastics out there. So yeah, for them do. to be you know, competing tightly with some of the best in the country at this point of the season is great. And Maddie Carr and Lindsey Brown, they are in the top four in the all around right now. So when it comes down to individual competitors, Denver could give a run to somebody. Absolutely. And and I love, you love to see kind of the dark horse teams that come out of not really nowhere, but they, they steadily make their climb and then all of a sudden they're there and they're up in the competition. And that's, that's the nail biting gymnastics that I miss seeing. Um, I think they Mm -hmm. bring something to their, to their conference that uh, their conference can kind of build around, you know, I think SEC is so dominant. So it is, it is really good to see other conferences like Denver step into the picture. I agree. Uh, just some other notables around the country, uh, not really in the SEC world. Minnesota's Lexi Ramler, who McKenna, I know she's caught your eye before. She got a 10 on beam and and the routine has kind of gone everywhere. Her leaps are gorgeous. I mean, it's this girl insane. has such elegance on beam and and I'm glad to see that she's starting to get rewarded for it and right. I, I think Minnesota is a team that needs to build all off of that momentum yeah and I think they are I, I do think that you know it's important to have star athletes like that who kind of set the pace at programs who aren't used to the big um you know, the big meets and, and seeing the big final stage. Lexi has seen that every year. She has been a national qualifier before. So she, she I think she expects that of herself. And I think everyone kind of does, her, considering she was an elite athlete. But yeah, Lexi Ramler is absolutely stunning. Her style of gymnastics is, is beautiful. And I think I said this on the last podcast, but she kind of is reminiscent of Maggie to me, I think, um, in a more graceful way. And I think Maggie's just like edgier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see that for sure. Yeah. And I I am always appreciative to see some of those different stars because if by the end of the season their team doesn't get the opportunity, we could very well see some of these girls qualify individually. And and so mm-hmm. I like to keep my eye on them. Nebraska's Taylor Houchin is another one. She's second on vault right now. Honestly, I think she's been jipped on scores a couple times so far this season. But both of those girls really strike me as – so solid in their skills right now, but also at a point in their career where they are just itching to lead their team to a place they haven't been before. So I have my eye on both of those programs because I think you have to have those people that are going to step up and say, you know what, just because we haven't done it so far doesn't mean we can't. Absolutely. Absolutely. I honestly kind of think of LSU in that situation. You know, we 
we weren't always a dominant program. We weren't always up in the running. You know, we weren't always a name that people would expect to see at the national championship. So it can happen for any team. I think you're exactly right. It takes the right leaders and it takes the right legacy. It takes it takes the right culture to build off of each year. It's so important that not only the leader or the seniors do their jobs as leaders, but that the freshmen, the sophomore, and the juniors, they are looking at what it's going to take to be led to that point. And then when the graduating class gets out of there and a new class comes in and everyone's shifting, it's important that they keep that in their vision and they and they understand that, you know, it's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen um, just by the snap of your fingers, but it's going to happen by hard work and they're going to have to keep themselves and their, their team accountable to that legacy. Absolutely. Uh, well, some other notable uh, individual performances in the SEC. The SEC Gymnast of the Week was Trinity Thomas. The SEC Specialist of the Week, once again, was Helen Hugh at Missouri. She is just dominating the beam every week. And the SEC Freshman of the Week was Kaya Johnson at LSU. No surprise there. Those three are just going to continue to have the type of season that we've already seen for them. And it's only week four. And then just some other notable results from this past weekend. Um, Kentucky defeated Arkansas with a 196-75. Auburn defeated Missouri with a 196-7. UCLA defeated Stanford 197-575. And Stanford is a program that has made it to nationals in years past, so that's actually uh, an interesting result for that one. And then Utah I want to talk about Utah for a second because we have kind of touched on the fact that this is a program that is having to bounce back after losing arguably one of the best to ever come through uh, in Michaela Skinner. They won this past week against Arizona State 197.050, but I was looking at their results. They started the season with a win over Kentucky with a 196.425. Then they won the best of Utah with a 197, and now they've upped it a little bit. So if anything, what I'm seeing in this is a steady build, which I think Mm -hmm. is actually a smarter approach for a program like them. And it also showcases consistency, which I think they're going to need. If you don't have some insane exclamation point that Michaela Skinner was, that consistency is probably going to be your backbone. Absolutely. Um, and and I love I love that you point that out about the consistency and the steady climb because not that I mean that doesn't necessarily always have to mean oh they're going to peak at the exact right time and you know their climb is consistent it's like anything can happen but that usually is the trend you look for um, when it comes to a team wanting to be their best at the right time which is the postseason national championship conference meet um, and and like you've said Utah is one of those teams who always seems to be in the running. They're, they're very good. They're very competitive. Right. Um, and, and what I love about Utah is they always pack their arenas. I love that. It is so encouraging to see um, the sport of gymnastics be so supported like that, especially in the state of Utah. I love to see that. Um, I love Utah. They're always really fun to watch. I think they're, they, they're just a competitive team who always bring it. And I think their gymnastics is very pretty. I like the style that um, they tend to recruit. Um, I just think mm-hmm. they're a great team and I'm excited to see um, how they do this year and if they can keep this consistent climb and, and improve a little at each meet because that ultimately is the goal is to take you know the little victories but also learn from your mistakes and continue that steady climb. I, I do think that is worth noting the crowd that Utah gets. I mean in the world of college gymnastics there's even you know ESPN specials made about Georgia and Alabama but Utah's crowd is arguably the best in the country and that 
arena is ginormous. And honestly, they kind of set that precedent for a huge following with college gymnastics. They were really a a pioneer in that effort. Uh, And other programs have just kind of risen and and matched that. But Utah was one of the first to do it. So uh, certainly a fun program to follow. And that is also part of of the identity of that program. What you mentioned is that like competitive fire. This is always Mm -hmm. a spunky like uh energetic bunch and i i can imagine that tom farden is like actually having to implement for some of them to hold it back a little bit because they they do see uh him and megan morrison when she was the co-head coach they would always emphasize that this is a marathon not a sprint and you don't want to come out the game too hard too fast you you risk injury you risk fatigue too early they really saw it as a progression throughout the season to work your way to to April. And I think these scores reflect that they're having to do that. But I'm sure for the athletes, when you're in an environment like that one and the adrenaline kicks in, I'm sure it's actually kind of difficult for them to kind of reel it back a little bit. But I'm excited to see what they could potentially do the rest of the season. And I want to mention, obviously going into this season, there was a lot of discussion surrounding the fact that Jordan Weber took the head coaching job at Arkansas. They are scoring fairly low right now, um, and I think that that's a. I mean, a few routines have been on the internet. Jessica Yamson, for example, uh, getting some low scores that that the gym internet is not happy with. But along with that, this is a program that Jordan is really having to kind of reestablish. Uh, yeah. I, no discredit to what Mark Cook built there, but this is a whole new era of gymnastics. Yeah. I mean, you have a face like Jordan Weber taking over the program. It's going to have an entirely new identity, and that happens over time. And so the gymnastics is is going to come with that. But what I have noticed a lot – Jordan has really bought into helping establish the culture. I've seen so many videos and pictures of her around campus and and being, she's bounced around on like sorority row, handing out cookies. Like she is bought into this and she has a mission that she is trying to accomplish. And I just want everyone to like give her time to do that because I think if she has the time and resources, this program is going to rise to prominence. A hundred percent. And I, I, I love to see Jordan doing what she's doing because it is so important. That is how you build culture is you have to establish it outside of your program for the mm-hmm. school that you're competing against. I mean, if if the girls don't feel supported by their own school, it, it doesn't make it easy to go out there and compete. If you already know going in, oh, you know, like not that many people are going to show up, like it, it's kind of a bummer, especially when you're competing right. against a team that like is going to give them a run for their money. Like they need, they need that extra support. And it's always so encouraging to have that support from your own school. And Jordan just, I I think she just gets it. She understands the camaraderie that needs to happen. You know, I think think to herself, she probably thinks, you know, maybe these kids are showing up for me, but at the end of the day, it doesn't matter because when they come, they see Jordan and then they get a a taste of her program and what they're doing. They want to be a part of it. They want to see, especially when they come out with a win, which, you know, is not the most consistent thing for them. They're still trying to figure that out, but it's going to be a huge shift and it's going to take time because... 
you're, you're seeing, I mean, seniors are graduating, right? And then juniors are having to step up. Not only are they are each class having to get used to a new role, whether they went from freshman to sophomore, sophomore to junior, junior to senior, but now they have to get used to a new head coach and a new coaching style. And that's going to take some time. But Jordan is all business, it seems like. And, and I think she is just laser focused. I think she's just putting her head down and showing up to do the work. And I am so excited to see how this Arkansas program grows. Right. I, I agree with that. And I think that uh, she has such a unique background in that obviously, you know, being one of the best gymnasts in the country and her elite training, and obviously she's going to be able to mold gymnasts in their skills. But also having been on staff at UCLA under Coach Val, someone who really, truly built a culture at a at a program that has maintained its presence on the national stage. I think what she learned and how that job equipped her as a coach is going to be maybe the X factor at Arkansas because it's not just going to be the execution of the skills at Arkansas. Th- this program needs backing and they need excitement surrounding gymnastics. And I think that she's going to be able to bring some of what she saw happen at UCLA over to Arkansas. And, and I'm excited to see that she's already doing that. But I also want these gymnasts to find their voice and use it a little bit more. I I think Arkansas is a program that, like you've said, McKenna, at a certain point when you start hearing what you are over and over and over, at least to outside viewers, you start to believe it. So for Arkansas to continually be told that they're the bottom tier or the middle tier of the SEC, you kind of start to just accept that that's your place instead of powering through and and creating a new path. And I can remember some girls have come through Arkansas, like um, Bray was a great example. She was always so vocal on the sideline, jumping around, excited, uh, getting her teammates fired up. Jessica Yamzon is one of their best skill-wise, but she's very quiet. She's very subdued and reserved. Sarah Schaefer is, is kind of the same way. Someone has to come into that program and be the fire. And it may be one, it may be two, it may be a class, but that has to be a focal point of this team because Jordan is going to have her hands very full. She's going to be running around that campus like we've already seen her. She's going to be recruiting. She's going to have so many things that she's doing to build that program. There have to be athletes that echo everything that she's doing outside of the gym. You know, I think it is so important for gymnasts to step up and and take big risks, um, especially in programs like Arkansas or even like Missouri, you know, programs that are on the rise and, you know, they're they're always there and they're going to show up and they're going to give you some good gymnastics. But I think, you know, there needs to be that leadership role and being vocal like that and and, and taking the time to step up and and stand up for the things that you believe in and that your culture believes in. Um, I I think, and not in a bad way, but they can't be selfish. You know, they can't think about themselves and and their accolades and, you know, well, I want to talk about this, you know, they need to think about the legacy that they're leaving, that the footsteps and the imprints that they're making now is setting up for what their culture's program will look like in years to come. It starts today. And so my advice to to gymnasts out there, especially in programs that are up and coming, use your voice, find your voice, be bold about it, be vocal. Don't don't be afraid to take big risks and and get some attention towards your team, obviously in in a positive light, right? But it's so important that you know, we have this platform, any student athlete really, or any athlete, you have a platform for a reason. And it is so important to use that and vocalize that and encourage others around you and, and really set the tone for what you expect your team and what you want your culture to look like, not only now in the team you're on, but in years to come. 
I agree with you. I think the athletes have to take ownership of everything that's happening and not just all look to, in this case, Jordan, to be the magic fix. Like you guys have to take on a new persona as well to kind of help everything work together uh, and find some newness for this program. So, but I do think it requires patience. And so everyone in the gymnastics world needs to allow them some time and resources to get this thing going. Cause I think I've said it time and time again, I think Jordan is the one to do it. Okay. Well, as we wrap this thing up, going to close with a question that we got from a listener for our girl McKenna. So Abigail, Boza? Bowza? I'm not sure. Sorry, girl. Abigail uh, asked, if you didn't go to LSU, where would you have gone? Which I think is a very interesting question. And do you think you would have been as successful as you were at LSU if you had gone somewhere else? You know, I actually get this question a lot. You'd be surprised. And I don't know why. I don't know like what sparks it. But a lot of people ask me if I didn't go to LSU, where would I have gone? And the thing is, I... I, I believe everything happens for a reason. And I think I ended up at LSU. Um, I think it's exactly where I was supposed to be. Um, as far as like, if I'm actually breaking down the teams, like now that I know, you know, kind of the personality of each team, I think Michigan, I think I would have fit really well in with Michigan just because um, one of my dear friends, Olivia Karras, who we've had on the podcast, if you guys haven't listened, go listen. She's <laughs> awesome. Um, she's such a goofball and we get along so well. We're very similar. And I think we kind of would have been this like powerhouse duo of leadership. Mm-hmm. And I think that would have been really, really fun. Um, and I don't think I would have fit in at OU. I think they're very like serious and cutting edge. And like, I'm not serious at all. I'm very, very goofy and like to, you know, cut loose and and mess around and also my leaps suck and and theirs <laughs> don't. So um Noted. So yeah, and, and I love the South and I think it would have been awesome if the University of Texas had a women's gymnastics program. My both my parents went there, so that would have been really cool. But yeah. um they don't, unfortunately. So again, I think I think everyone ends up where they're supposed to be. So sorry, Abby, I didn't really answer your question. Um LSU just really is my final answer. No, I think those are good answers. I've always thought if I was a college gymnast, where would I want to go? And I think either, I really think either LSU or UCLA. Both of those programs are just so fun. The facilities are so sick. Anytime I got to go to Baton Rouge and go in y'all's practice facility, I was like, can I live here? Like It's the Taj Mahal of gymnastics. It's so sick. All right. Well, that does it for us here on Chalk Talk. As always, thank you so much for listening and supporting us as we continue to grow this thing. Uh, Be sure and reach out to us. Subscribe if you would like so you don't miss an episode. We will be back next week to break down all the action happening this weekend. We'll get some more great guests for you. So make sure you join us for the ride. For McKenna and myself, everyone have a great week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. 